0: Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. This is so exciting. We are here to do a special bonus podcast and I'm Rachel. Amber's here. Hello everybody. <laughs> yes and we have a very special guest today. Somebody that Amber and I have uh, been big fans of for a long time and we have reporter, survivor, reporter, whatever you want to say, reality show. Is that, is that correct? to say uh Uh, reporter gordon holmes is here and we're really excited to have you on our little podcast and to talk about we're gonna talk about the movie leap of faith and uh, we're gonna talk about maybe a little bit of survivor also because we really like movies and we really like survivor (laughs) so thanks for coming on our show
1: oh of course i'm really excited to be here and i'm psyched to talk about Leap of faith and you know Survivor is a, a very important part of my life. So whatever
0: questions you guys got, I wanna hear them. Yay, great. Well, that's great. So uh, why don't you introduce uh, yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about how you uh, became uh, the, uh, the reporter <laughs> that you currently are, how you got you to your current position.
1: Thank sure, uh, my name is Gordon Holmes. You can see me on Twitter at at Gordon Holmes. Um, I work for uh, Comcast Xfinity. And uh, I report on uh, many things, but uh, made the, the one I'm most known for is Survivor. Uh, the way I got into that was um, I used to actually be a commerce reporter, uh, you know, talking about you know things that, that you know like shopping and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. And uh, CBS went up to our television team and said, "Hey, does anybody want to go to Africa and sleep in a tent and interview the cast of Survivor?" And to a person, they all said no. <laughs> Um, and when I heard this I was furious because I was a huge Survivor fan and I said hey if they, they're not interested I will sleep in a dome tent in the middle of Africa and love every second of it and uh, they sent me out and then uh, that became my gig. I actually ended up um, switching over to the TV team and, and managing the TV team. Uh, recently I actually was switched over to video games but I, I've I still maintained uh, the Survivor coverage portion of my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know once a year I get to sneak out there. Uh, interview the cast, interview Jeff Probst, interview the crew, um, see the first couple days of shooting. I didn't get to go this past season, um, but I've been doing that for the past 10 years.
0: Oh, my gosh. We're so jealous.
2: So would <laughs> that have been Gabon?
1: Yes. My, my debut season was Survivor Gabon.
2: That's that's a fun season.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, and it it's, it's funny because, you know, being – you know, ha, 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 you know, you ever hear someone on the radio and you're like, oh, they sound just like they do on the radio? Um, of course they do. Uh, it was the same kind of situation where I was, you know, surrounded by, you know, Corinne Kaplan and, um, you know, 16 other, 15 other people you probably don't remember from Survivor and just being like, these, these people, they're real, like Ace Gordon, he's going to be the next big villain in Survivor. I know it. <laughs> didn't turn out that way. It didn't
2: turn out that way. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, my 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 uh my predictions are notoriously horrific. Mm.
2: But I guess you're probably one of the only people who like Gabon has a really special place in your heart.
1: Yeah, it really does. Like, um, you know, when I went out there, you know, Dalton Ross for Entertainment Weekly was out there, like the the normal CBS crew, Amar Reinstein from Us Weekly, you know, it it was kind of all old hat to them at that point. But to me, like, Gabon really does hold a very special place in my heart.
0: It was beautiful. Uh, It's probably one of the most beautiful places, I think, unique that they've ever filmed. Might be yeah,
1: really unique. And I, I think the interesting thing is going out there, I I, I expected Survivor to be like 20 people in tents with like, you know, elephants and leopards and whatnot, like five feet away. It was the exact opposite. Whereas, you know, the, the amount of people it takes to put on Survivor, not just, you know, what you see as far as, you know, the cast and Jeff Probst, but, you know, the, the, the film crew the dream team mm-hmm. the people that run the challenge the people that do the laundry for the crew the people that cook for the crew you know hundreds maybe even like thousands of people um, it was a, a little city um, and that was back like you know nowadays you know they shoot in Fiji and there's a, a really cool resort where everybody gets to stay but back then it was just like a sea of dome tents um, that was responsible <laughs> for putting on the show um, and you know it you know it, it sounds hokey to say this but it really did change. Uh, my life in a lot of ways, and I'm very thankful to, for Survivor. Don't tell Jeff Probst to said that. He'll go right to his head. Uh, but I'm uh, very thankful for for what that show has done for me. Are
2: the dimples as amazing in real life?
1: Oh, uh, you sound like my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, every time I go out there, she she has some weird flirty thing I'm supposed to tell Jeff, but I always forget to tell her. Although, um, when we went out for uh, for South Pacific, it was one of the Redemption Island seasons, and um, you know, he, he, I forgot what I had asked him, and he said he 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 uh, something about Redemption Island, and he's like, you know, we should send your mom to Redemption Island because she's responsible for bringing you into this world, and you're the worst, and blah blah blah. <laughs> and he got halfway through this joke, and then he kind of paused, and he's like, "This sounds terrible." And I'm like, "Yeah, you're <laughs> you sound <like> really, <laughs> real jerk." Um, he's like, "Let's let, let's redo this," and then he went and and reworked it. So for her. You know, because she had had to put up with me, her redemption was, you know, Redemption Island would be this paradise where (laughs) they would rub her feet and take care of her. And ever since she saw that every time, I had, she's like, don't forget to tell Jeff that he has to send me to special Redemption Island where they rub my feet. (laughs) You got it, Mom. Uh,
2: I love your mom. She's like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm fond of her too.
0: (laughs) She's already our faves. Uh, Yeah, so do you have. Does your mom
2: watch Hallmark movies? What's that? Does your mom watch Hallmark movies?
1: My father watches a lot of Hallmark yes. movies. Yes. In fact, I don't. Uh, this might not fall because this is technically on the Up Up network, but there's uh-huh. a TV show called Heartland. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Are you familiar with Heartland? We're
0: very oh, familiar yeah. with Heartland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My father is like next level obsessed with Heartland. Um, oh well,
2: you can tell him that you've talked to people who have talked to Cindy Busby, aka Ashley, and he'll be so excited. <laughs>
1: At my wedding, uh, he was the best man at my wedding, and I got gifts for everybody. And, and for the the guys, I got uh, whatever it was. But for him in particular, I went and got an autographed picture of Amber Marshall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was very worried about giving it to him beforehand because I figured he'd just sit in a corner looking at it instead of, you know, <laughs> and being my best man.
2: Yeah. Well, but he, he was cool. He was cool about it.
1: Yeah, he he did. He put it like he, he put it down for a brief period of time to come out and enjoy the wedding. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is, is uh, Sierra don Thomas actually is a barrel racer. Yeah,
0: um,
1: and I've been on her for years. I'm like, you got to watch Heartland, so my dad can have a Heartland pen pal. Uh, yes. I haven't got oh, I haven't got her to watch it. Yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, the it's surprising how many men actually do watch Hallmark movies, like. I would never, until I dove into this world 100%, I would never have guessed that. But there's more than you'd think. There really are.
1: <laughs> that has really been um, the, a lot of my friends' fathers, uh, yeah. my, my father-in-law, uh, a lot of my, like that seems to be like the new trend is that, you know, I don't know. And I don't know if it's just getting back to, you know, like something nice and not violent and that, and, and but like it seems yeah. to be really popular amongst uh, older gentlemen. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Retired gentlemen are our
0: bread and butter. (laughs) 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 uh, So do you have a favorite season of Survivor and do you have a favorite, like favorite players who you just like get really excited about when they return?
1: Well, um, as far as a favorite season, uh, my wife did not watch Survivor for the longest time and then she recently got into it. Um, and we were talking about if you were to get somebody into a season, where would you? What what, what would you show them to, to get them? Uh, yeah. And um, I have Amazon Prime, and and I'm very big. I'm very bad about this. Is I'll have a TV show on while I'm, you know, I do you know digital art or any other hobbies, messing around on my phone. I'm very bad at like actually focusing on things. Um, but I had on Heroes versus Villains uh, mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. I it, it, it just it you know that cast of characters. You know Russell Hans at his worst um, really sucked me in, and so if I had to pick a favorite, I would probably go with that one. Um, it, it just really, really is, is probably my all-time yeah. favorite. And as far as favorite players, mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm Freeberg is, of course, my boyfriend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, he uh, I accident I accidentally, his 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 name is very close to my wife's name, so if I'm texting, I'll accidentally text him every now and then. Uh, <laughs> like i i i uh was was late to to pick my wife up for something i was like you know i'm I'm stuck on route thirty or whatever and he was furious uh, <laughs> so was her instead of him um you know but as far as like watching people you know like you know your boston robs your your russells are fun i- poverty's a good friend of mine, I love to watch her uh but you know what i think if I had to pick one, I might go with coach uh, hmm. as far as like you know, some people get on the show and they're doing shtick and they're playing up. I, I think Coach is very much the real deal, and mm-hmm. uh, that what you're seeing is 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 really him. Um, he's a great guy, um, very sensitive about how he's portrayed. Just some, someone I've always been like very fond of, really enjoyed him on the show. So, um, but with my like, I don't know if you know this, but I have a notorious, notoriously horrible memory. So uh, if you ask me tomorrow, there might be a different answer. But for today, it's Coach.
0: Very good.
2: I completely approve of that. Coach is, I mean, he created a type, a casting type that I don't think anyone has ever really seen. And he wasn't, you like you said, he was just being himself. He's mm-hmm. incredible. And just for the record, Token Teens is the season that I always introduce people to Survivor on.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, what, what about Token Teens? Do you think hooks people?
2: Um. Well... I think it's very, like, as far as, you know, like, the t- tribe dynamics and all that, it's very simple. There's not, like, a, a swap before the merge. Um, they have idols, so that introduces that, so it's not completely mm-hmm. old school. Um, and then, you know, it's got a very compelling narrative for the J.T. Stephen bromance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's got a lot of the fun extra characters. I think it touches on, like, all the things that I love about Survivor. hmm and it does it in like a way that's not super complicated. Like the strategy is pretty simple, but there's still some like twists and good lies. And I just think it's, I think it's a good way to get people introduced to the storytelling and the strategy of Survivor along with the rules. Good call.
1: That's, that's an interesting angle to take. Like I, I was like, like I said, with heroes and villains, like I was watching it and it was the scene where, spoiler alert, um, where Russell gets the idol from JT. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a point where, like Russell, who we all know is the devil, um, like bows and nods as as he's pretending that he's <laughs> on the outs, and I was just, and it's, you know first to have that kind of the reaction I had, knowing what was happening, having seen it before, I just absolutely adored it so do you
0: think that that season is more fun though, if you know why they're a hero and why they're a villain i, I think if you're they, new.
1: I, I think that they they might do a good job of um you know reminding you like you know and you know I'm here because I did this and I did that like mm-hmm. similar to what they did with all of the twists and ghost island
0: yeah. uh, so. I think for me I mean I I would have zero chance of convincing anybody in my family to watch survivor that is not happening but if if they, if they were going to I, I think I might suggest the Amazon because even though there's no idols, I just feel like it's, it's pretty, it's not very mean spirited. It's pretty fun. You have like, uh, Matthew and the crazy acts and you have, uh, you have, I think pretty, for the most part, likables players. I don't know my, my family might be a little scandalized by the peanut butter and Oreos, but other <laughs> than that, I think, I I don't know. I just feel like that season has a little bit of everything, and you have the best player ever in Rob Sisterdino. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, no, really, he is one of my favorites. Uh, but I also, um, I love Kageon. I don't know if it's the best introduction, because it's so weird mm-hmm. um, compared to others, but I, it is so entertaining, and Tony is so entertaining. And what he manages to pull off, I, I was just to me, that season has not been topped since.
1: I, I think yeah. those are both really solid choices. And, you know, we joke about Rob, but I absolutely credit Rob with um, getting me back into Survivor. Um, you know, I was one of those people, you know, day one watching it, fell in love with it in Borneo, and then kind of got like, you know, uh, kind of fell out of love with it, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because like I, I found the strategy very stale and then Sester showed up and really truly changed the game Don't yeah. tell him I said this uh, <laughs> But like I absolutely do credit him with with uh, you know reviving my interest in the game And then it really didn't lull after that, you know, because the, from there you leave the Pearl Islands and all-stars and then um, You know and then it becomes a career. So uh, yeah, again keep this between us, but don't, uh, <laughs> okay. don't uh, uh,
0: My My favorite players and I guess it's just hometown bias, but I do love Todd Herzog. I think China is actually kind of an underrated season. I think that one's really fun. I also love Don Meehan. I know a lot of people thought she was annoying, but I I, I liked her because I felt like if I was gonna play Survivor, that is exactly what would happen to me. Because I get when I'm hungry and I'm tired, I get emotional and I cry. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I would because people hashtag survivor breakdown. Yeah, because like the thing is, is that people bond with me quickly sometimes, and I bond with them very quickly. And I feel like it would be very difficult. I I don't think I, I think I would be terrible at Survivor. Uh, do you think you'd be good at Survivor, Gordon? Uh,
1: first of all, real quick, Todd Herzog, no shame there, and then no shame at all with Don Mehan, one of my favorite people on the show. Yeah, um, adore her. Um, as far as do I think I'd be good on the show? I think I would. Um, and I'll, and uh, I think I'm sneaky good at challenges. Um, you know, I'm six foot. Uh, I'm not like super built, but I, but you know, over uh, every time you go out there, you run a challenge. They have the press run a challenge so that we can get beat up mm-hmm. by the dream team and they can be like, haha, see how hard it is, losers. <laughs> uh, but I actually had like a pretty decent winning streak going on there for a while. Uh my lifetime challenge record is nine and two. So uh, in your face, John Kerhoff or challenge. <laughs> um,
2: if I so- recall correctly, you guys like crushed the spoke wheel challenge, right? I mean the yes. whatever maybe, that, that puzzle.
1: Maybe my proudest moment is that we were behind and Josh Wiggler and I uh, they said we they said that we broke it. They said that if if the strategy we used became common knowledge, then the puzzle would be useless because we figured it out.
2: Yeah, so. you guys you're basically just puzzle geniuses Uh, uh,
1: basically (laughs) like the press is Uh, (laughs) Ozzy and and another reason I think I might do well is I don't need to be an alpha um (laughs) I don't I don't have that in me um I think I would do really well cozying up to some big brawny meathead and letting him think he's running the show so I I think I would do all right
0: Mm -hmm yeah i i would do good in the swimming challenges because i'm a i'm a good swimmer uh but uh but yeah i don't know i just and and don played really really well so she did much better than i would do but i just think i just really related to her as a player i think very much and uh but amber what you think you'd be good at survivor right yeah i would
1: (laughs) um yeah i would
2: because I, like, I, might, I, might be I present as this, like, really nice, trustworthy person, and I, like, really care about people, but, like, underneath it all, I'm just, like, a total jerk, and, like, I'm really good at lying. It's just, <laughs> they wouldn't stand a chance, and I'd be a terrible villain. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I think the one thing that might eat me alive is I am not good with paranoia. Mm. and it's something i I think a lot of people don't think about when they're out there and when i was interviewing cochran before uh he went back for fans favorites we were talking about this um how's that for name drop and uh he said he's like i'm like do do people appreciate like how much paranoia plays into this because i imagine you know if i'm sitting there feeling good about my game and then you run off into the woods with somebody else i'm gonna freak out and he mentioned, he's like, it's not just that, it's not just me and somebody else, it's me, somebody else, a camera person, an audio person, a producer, like tromping off, and you have no idea what we're talking about. He's like, and it will eat you alive. And I know, yeah. you know, like at work or at anything, if, if I'm not 100% comfortable with things like that, my mind will go a mind a minute. And mm. that's something that could come up and bite me.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think who, someone like um like Ty was pretty like paranoid, someone like that. Uh, i don't know that's the first one i can think of of a character who just really struggled with that uh it's it's really interesting and i thank you for indulging us because we don't get to talk about survivor so this was really
1: fun i know you guys are so off brand right now i
2: know i know and and they our listeners just have to deal with it because
1: (laughs) it's our
0: podcast we can do what we want like i said
1: get to the leap of faith uh, yes 30 minutes (laughs)
0: So now we will get into the main, the main point of our. <laughs> so you had said on Twitter that you wanted to talk on a podcast about Leap of Faith. And I was like, well, I want to talk to Gordon Holmes. So let's do this. <laughs> and uh, so tell us about uh, this. Tell us about your feelings about this movie and why you love it.
1: Okay. So what happened was um, I, I am a notorious night owl um mm-hmm. i keep the worst possible hours and my wife had gone to sleep and i had recently bought a treadmill and was going to go down to the basement and put it together but i was kind of bopping around upstairs and i'm like all right i'm gonna take five minutes and watch something and i went on amazon prime and there's leap of faith which i adore and uh, i'm like i'm gonna watch five minutes of this and then an hour later <laughs> um, i'm like go stop stop so i turn it off and i go downstairs thinking that i can put it on in the tv down there and, and finish it off while I do the treadmill. But I couldn't get Amazon Prime working on the TV downstairs. So the next night, um, my wife, um, she's you know she she goes to bed at a decent hour because she's a sane human being, and uh, <laughs> she's like, "Do you want to watch something before I go to bed?" Um, wanting to watch something sh- short, um, and I'm like, "Oh, let's watch the end of uh, *Leap of Faith*." And she's like, oh, okay. So I put it on and then we finish it. And then it ends up back at the entity page uh, for, you know, Leap of Faith. And then it just says, you know, says start it over, you just have to hit a button once. Uh, so I make the mistake of doing that. And then we proceed to watch the whole beginning hour again. Oh so I was in a very Leap of Faith frame of mind. And uh, the next day I tweeted, I'm like, hey, if anybody ever wants to talk about Leap of Faith, I'm ready. Because yeah. uh, I just watched it one and a half times. Uh, <laughs> So should I should I uh, describe the show for the yeah please
0: yeah tell us tell us a little bit about it and and then maybe a little bit why it you liked it so much
1: okay Uh, so for the uninitiated and if you're listening to this podcast you should go watch it first spoiler alert Um, (laughs) so leap of faith is a story of a traveling uh, revival show um, that uh, goes from town to town and, and 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 puts on you know their their religious performance. Um, you know with like faith healing and things along those lines and it's, it's understood that that the person in charge of this Jonas Nightingale Which is played by Steve Martin is a, is a shady guy. It's a scam. You know, they have earpieces They heal people that don't need to be healed They all these kinds of things like it, it's a scam. So mm-hmm. basically they usually play the big cities But they one of their trucks breaks down. So they have to, to play um, in, a, in a smaller town um, and then over the, uh, the, over the course of the movie, um, you know, he, you know, a, there's a sheriff that's, tr- that realizes that he's crooked and tries to, to out him to the townspeople because the, the townspeople are, you know, they're, 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 you know, they're losing jobs, you know, all of their crops are, 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 uh, in trouble due to lack of rain. Um, the, this, this, uh, sheriff doesn't think they can afford him. Um, right. they, so he doesn't want people giving them you know their money because they can't afford them so he's he's trying to stop them at every at every every chance he can sending you know sending you know the fire department down to to check the the tent and things along those lines um so uh should we do the full recap
0: yeah oh, okay. no we'll, we'll we'll talk about the ending and stuff like that as we go okay. but uh, but yeah so why why did uh, what is it that especially spoke to you about this film
1: well leap of faith is basically 80 percent the music man Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, we're, I'm a musical theater guy. My wife and I met during a production of uh, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Oh. Uh, uh, she was, uh, Feely and I was hero. We were romantic interests. Um, and basically the music man has been something that's been really important to me in my life. Um, when, I was, when I was young, my sister dragged me to see her boyfriend in a musical. And I was, a, you know, a punk kid. I'm like, I wanna watch musicals, singing and dancing, it's gross. Um, but it was a production of The Music Man, and I sat there and watched it and just absolutely fell in love with it. And didn't realize until like 90% of the way through that her boyfriend was nowhere on stage. Um, Turns out at the end of Music Man, like a band comes out during the curtain call to, to play the final production of 76 trombones, and her boyfriend was in the band. But basically, she made me sit through a musical to watch, you know, two minutes of her boyfriend. <laughs> um, but like I said, I was hooked. Uh, music Man is, is is super important to me. Um, I got to play Harold Hill uh, in my 20s. Uh, that, that was that was a very important time for me. Um, so, you know, like, there's a lot in common with with uh, Leap of Faith. Uh, personally, as far as religion goes, I, I don't consider myself a very religious person. I consider myself very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I understand Uh, you know, religion and the benefits of it. And, and, you know, like, you know, what, you know, so while it doesn't speak to me on that level, you know, the need for faith and these people's faith really, you know, touches me. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just, man, here's the thing. It's not, it's not a big feat to make me cry during a movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you put on a league of their own, I'm a wreck. but like the last ten minutes of Leap of Faith, just have me—it's just waterworks in yeah. the whole room. Um, cool. So I, yeah, and it's yes. one of those things where, like, you know, I saw it when it when it first came out in the '90s, and like, oh, I, this, that was really good. And and maybe it, it didn't get the attention it deserves. Um, but but it it holds up. Like I was a little sh- like with the exception of like Steve Martin jogging in a half shirt, like it uh it really holds up.
0: Well, we have to get you into Hallmark movies because you're like our best friend because you like Survivor, you love show tunes. I mean, this is great. And uh, yeah, I think this is a really interesting, I don't, I didn't love it. I liked it. I didn't love it like you, but I did like it. And I think it's very interesting. I feel like, I think it's a movie that makes very interesting choices. And so I was actually really excited to kind of talk about it uh, because I don't know, here's the thing that I wonder about. So, Do you think that Jonas is doing something that is, in fact, harmless and giving people hope, whether that hope is based on anything? Or do you think that he's a – it's bad. Do you think – I mean, and and that is kind of the – the Music Man example is similar because he is swindling those people. But I feel like with religion, it kind of adds a a little bit of another – level and i'm not sure if that makes it worse or if it makes it better i don't know i can't decide uh because he's not promising them some kind of product or or service like he gives them basically what he promises in this case uh and as opposed to harold who promises a band and doesn't give them a band uh i don't it's uh, really objection interesting he gives them a band
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank man uh, you can- thank <laughs> um, I, I think, you know, we're looking at this through the lens of at the end of the movie, uh, the little boy can walk and it's raining. Um, there's a very real possibility where uh, he brings the little boy up on stage, um, says, you know, if there's doubt in your heart, he will not walk. And then he doesn't walk, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, as, as has been said, the poor kid's been through that before. So um, without, you know, if you consider the little boy walking a miracle, if you consider the rain at the end a miracle, um, with that, if those two things don't happen, this is, this is a horrible movie where this poor kid is put through this again. So yeah. um, I, I, I think it, it like is Jonas a bad person is a, a rough question. Um, one of the things I, I like having watched it several times recently, one of the interesting I, th- things I've noticed is with the exception of the little boy walking, with the exception of the rain, is this all playing according to his plan? every little thing. Like, if, if you remember before the, the second revival, uh, Janie warns him that the, the sheriff is going to come after him. Right. And he comes out and he says, he tells his life story, basically sets it up for the sheriff to shoot him down. Basically says, I'm different than you. I was born different. I'm better, not, I'm not better, but, you know, I was born to this. Basically setting up the sheriff to be like, nope, not true. This is his real name. This is, He was in trouble with drugs. He boosted cars, etc. Which sets it up, like, it, it's almost like this has happened a million times before they've been to a million towns with a million sheriffs who ha- c- can do a search for him and, and learn the truth. And then he can knock it out of the park with the speech he gives after that. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, like, uh, uh, did you just watch it? Um, the one time, Rachel?
0: Uh, I did just watch it the one time. Well,
1: I would suggest uh, watching it at least seven times. Okay. <laughs> Good deal.
0: We can do that. Okay. Uh, but yeah i know i th- I think it's an interesting question I mean, and most of us aren't just heroes and villains, and so uh most of us are complex and so uh, and he's certainly no exception i i think uh, i don't know it's i i it's hard because he knows it's hard because he knows what he's doing like it'd be one thing if he really believed it, sure. then I feel like that makes him it makes the question easier to ask to answer because then you know, that how can you fault a person for preaching what they believe, you know? And if, if miracles happen, miracles happen. And, but I don't know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that I've been thinking about. And so I don't know, I was, I was curious. I don't know. I was curious for your thoughts. Like, uh, if in the end you saw him as a vindicated character, or if you saw him as a scoundrel.
1: I don't, I don't think vindication is the right word, because I, I, he went about his shtick the way he always does, and the fact that these miracles happened um, don't make what he did necessarily right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, in, 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 you know, and you don't, when you write a villain, no villain thinks they're wrong. Um, I think he knows mm-hmm. that, like, he's, he's shady, but he it, the way he justifies it to himself is that speech against the sheriff where he says you know i give these people a good show you go to a broadway show you could spend 200 bucks and and not leave humming a tune you know we have good sentiment we have good music we have you know the angels of mercy are amazing um so i, I think that's how he justifies it in his mind that it is it, it is a good show um however uh, like you know that again, I keep coming back to that part at the end where he, he really puts it on the sheriff that if this boy doesn't walk, it's because you don't believe, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. which is
1: which is dangerous. Um, yeah. I, I think. Um, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, and it kind of brings the question of uh, the the sheriff is he's the skeptic, and is he the villain of the film or the hero?
1: That's, oh, that's heroes actually, yeah. and villains. That's the thing. It's like it, it. really is. Like he's definitely not a villain. Like he is. He is absolutely doing what he thinks is in the best interest of this town. And mm-hmm. when you know he, uh, oh, that's interesting. Like I, I don't like. Obviously, I don't think he's a traditional villain. He's he's doing what he he's think thinks is right for the community. But like I just said, every villain thinks they're doing you know what's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know when things like you know the 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 cold reading, like the the, the tools they use to make it seem like they're communicating with a higher power, whether it's Janie using special words when she interviews the people in the audience, uh, when they, you know, Emma, Emma Schlarp with her walker, or I'm sorry, with her wheelchair, mm-hmm. um, all, all the little tricks of the trade make it seem like, you know, they're being very deceptive because they are being very deceptive. So uh, I, don't, I don't think in any way, I don't think in any way he's been set up to, be, to appear to be a villain.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting to me. I I think there were a few moments where I felt like I mean he's certainly an antagonist, but that doesn't necessarily mean a villain. Uh, and you know Liam Neeson is great as always in the role. I think this movie is very well acted in general. I I don't know what do you, what do you think Amber as far as Steve Martin in this role? Do you think he's because it's not a funny? I wouldn't say it's a funny movie, uh, so it's a little bit uh, against type. I don't know what did you think about him.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, it's not necessarily, I wouldn't classify this as a comedy. No. Um, he does a great job. Um, I, like, I, I was like, oh, I'm a little bit moved. (laughs) 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 Let me, like, praise Steve Martin. (laughs) But, um, it was, it was very interesting to see him do something sort of like this, um, the closest thing I can think of off the top of my head would be his performance in Roxanne, where he's not necessarily, like, he's more the straight guy in Roxanne yeah. than, I'd say, you know, obviously in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, but, or, you know, <laughs> other things. Um, or, unless unless absurd than he is in The uh, Father of the Bride. Anyway, I'm getting mm-hmm. totally off topic just listening <laughs> Steve Martin movies. But, um, no, I think he did a great job um, selling it the problem for me is I didn't really actually like Jonas, uh-huh. so it made me, like, not want any good things to happen to him.
0: <laughs> what, what about him did you find, is it just because he's running a scam, or was it something else?
2: Yeah, I think it was, I think he was running the scam, and I, towards the end, I don't know, I... I just I had a hard time with him. I really think what Gordon said was like you have to watch it seven times is probably right. <laughs> because I feel like I could enjoy it more on a rewatch than just on my initial viewing. Mm-hmm. I mean I I mean I saw it once I've seen it before in the nineties when it was on TV, but like on HBO. But I I didn't I don't know. Yeah. It's- I feel like I could like it more. But as you know, it's that Os- Oscar Wilde quote where it's like to really see something, you have to see its beauty. And I haven't seen its beauty yet. I haven't seen Jonas's beauty.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I I thought that they had enough softer moments, and they do enough of his backstory to kind of... Uh, I, I, I can go with him. And I think that Steve Martin is a pretty just inherently likable presence on screen. And that does help a lot. He's not quite Tom Hanks level, but I think he's pretty... Pretty close for me, at least. And uh, so, you know, it's really interesting because I think Liam Neeson is is kind of the same too. I mean, he's just, so you're rooting for both these. It's it's interesting to see how it plays out. And, you know, it, it's it's interesting to me because Hollywood is typically reticent to have themes of faith and themes, of these kinds of themes that aren't like overtly faith-based films. And so the fact that they went with the Miracle is kind of surprising, I think, at the end. And uh, I don't know, did you find, Gordon, that to be surprising uh, when he is healed, the boy?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, all of it is about, I guess, Jonah's redemption to to some point. And, um, you know, what, you know, somebody who like praises, who who, like fakes miracles, like literally paints eyeballs onto a statue of Jesus, um, what would he do when faced with an honest-to-goodness miracle? Yeah, um, yeah, and it, it it's it's like he, and you you were asking about people's acting. I, I love Steve Martin in this, with the exception of like post miracle Steve Martin. He kind of turns it up to eleven um, at that point. Um, we, when you watch it your sixth and seventh time, you'll definitely pick up. Uh, <laughs> he's really, he's like, oh, this might be my Oscar chance. Um, but uh, as as far, I'm sorry, what was the question? <laughs>
0: Well, just that they went with it, the miracle actually happening. I mean, yeah, is that maybe. kind of the easy way out? Would it have been more sort of interesting as a screenplay to have it not happen? And he has to deal with that? And
1: I know. I, obviously, yeah. it's somebody who spent his life, you know, he's saying, praise Jesus and all this, but doesn't believe it. Um, so for him to be faced with that, that everything he has believed is you know, you know, that he like, and he tries to deny it. He's like, they're like, you know, we should put this kid on the road, dress him up, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And Janie's like, you know, you really don't give an S about anybody. And he's like, I never said I did. He's still trying to be Jonas. But after he talks to the kid and the kid is a genuine article, he realizes he can't do it anymore. And that's why he leaves town. And that's why he, you know, cause you know, like basically he was handed a license to print money. And up until that point, that's all he cared about. Um, so for him to walk away from that is, you know, really his, you know, you know, his redemption. That like something he can't explain. Something that that didn't come from, you know, putting a a, a fake, not a fake, putting a, a cross on his hand and pressing it on people's foreheads. Like the the one, the the one bit that he had no control over was the one that really taught him that, um, you know, what he was dealing with. Mm-hmm.
0: What did you think they were trying to say not only with the healing but also with the rain? Like that was definitely a very bold choice I felt like.
1: Uh what were they trying to say with the rain? I I think it that was I think the rain truly was just like the the mega happy ending as far as to steal from from Wayne's world. Uh, yeah. where, you know, the little boy walking is amazing and um but but the rain was, was was really just kind of like you know you know like one miracle maybe you could write off mm-hmm. but and grand rain i don't think rain is necessarily a miracle but in that instance it was mm-hmm. so i really think that was just the you know the you can deny that but you can't deny these two together and you know what what a great moment although uh, the the one the, the the montage of rain there's this one where there's this like baby wandering in the rain, like, crying. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, they, and, like, you expect, you know how, like, you know, if, if a, a jet gets shot down, they have to show, like, the pilot ejecting so mm-hmm. you know that he's okay or she's okay. There's no one ever comes pick up this baby. <laughs> 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 Poor baby wandering in the rain. Uh, that, that, I have, like, a handful of, of, like, things that, my little nitpicks about the movie. One of them is drives me nuts that uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light exists in this universe
2: yes um, i was like "Well, meatloaf is here what's yeah. happening
1: meatloaf is literally like the leader of the band so in, <laughs> in, this, in this universe and then janie and jonas are driving somewhere in paradise by the dashboard light is playing and you want to be like well maybe it's in the soundtrack maybe they aren't hearing it but jonas is literally hitting the uh the steering wheel to the beat so it must have been on the radio so is it is
0: Meatloaf's twin in this universe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, and you get Philip C. Veggie Hoffman Loaf has a small part in here. Yeah, he has like two whole lines. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Janie or Jane for a second. Like it's interesting. I mean, cause we, you, you live in a you know, world where you talk about reality TV a lot and some people say, oh, which is orchestrated. It's just whatever. And some shows it's obviously so, and some it's, it's not uh, as much. Um, and I don't know, like what's your take on her as a character? Like she obviously reaches her breaking point where she's like, I, I've, where she cannot, uh, she reaches her moral breaking point. And Winger Winger's great. She's a great actress. I know. What do you, what do you take about her character?
1: One of the things I love about Janie and Jonas is they never feel the need to explain their relationship. Mm-hmm. There's never, you know, we dated and it didn't work out or like they don't feel the need to do that, which I feel like most movies would. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, Winger Winger's fantastic. Um, Janie of, of course is, is the first one to, uh, you know, she, she's kind of Jonas's conscience in a lot of ways um, you know, the, uh, falling in love with, uh, you know, with the sheriff who wouldn't, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, she, she's like, she's just fantastic in this. I I don't know what, where else to go other than like, you know, her arc's pretty clear is that yeah. like, you know, she's on board. Like she's, she's Jonas's right hand and you know, she falls in love. She wants, she wants companionship. The, the, you know, Jonas Jr. The dog isn't, isn't going to be enough for, her. um, and you know, like I guess the question is, where does she go from here? Does she, she stick yes. around in the corn relish capital of the world and become Mrs. Sheriff?
0: <laughs> yeah, what do you think about her character, Amber? Well, the cynic in me thinks
2: that she and the sheriff get married and then it doesn't work out. And then <laughs> she goes to Hollywood and now she's a producer on CBS Big Brother. But... <laughs> I really was thinking that because they always talk about like production and their leading questions and I was like she would be so good at that (laughs) Um, anyway but no I, I thought her character was interesting and in some ways her character I think has is a little bit more problematic than Jonas as far as like is this moral because she knows that what they're doing is wrong and hasn't justified it to herself but she still keeps doing it you know?
0: Uh-huh.
1: And there's all kinds of, like, uh, having watched it 40 times, uh, <laughs> trying, trying uh, like, I, I reached a point, uh, I've, I've really dissected this, trying to figure out who knows what and when. Um, yeah. so for example, Jonas paints the eyes of, of the, the Jesus statue. And obviously she knows about it because she's there when he burns the shirt. He says, you know, an oldie but a goodie or something along those lines. Um, however, the... Um, Tiny, who uh, is the, um, he, he's kind of like the roadie who wears the amazing shirt. Um, it's I don't know if you remember, it's like white sleeveless shirt with like a black mesh shirt with like fringe on the sides and then a black baseball trekker cap with like a cross on it. Um, when he comes to tell Jonas about it, Jonas kayfabes him. Um, sorry to use wrestling terminology. <laughs> But Jonas acts like, what's going on? Like, he's not like, oh, did they find it? Like, so it's kind of, and like, it's kind of interesting to see, like, who knows what. And then there's a situation where after Jonas um, faints, after the, during the second revival, when he's like, he says, you know, there will be a sign from God. And it all all goes to heck because the sheriff comes out and, and like, tries to out him. And he does a spiel about... You know he's right, and I'm the worst, but you know, all, all that things like members of the 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 of the the uh, choir are like shocked. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're acting because they've done this bit a million times, but like are are the angels of mercy in on the shtick? Oh. So it's very like, okay. but you know, obviously if Jonas is is one, then Jane is one A because like sh- they're both in on everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting too is they have this sort of fail-safe that like if the the miracle doesn't come true they can just say oh, oh well it's the sheriff's fault for not believing or bringing skepticism into the room but what's interesting is because it actually happens then all of a sudden Jonas is the one that uh, is the one that didn't have the faith and everybody else had the faith and uh, which is like, kind of interesting <laughs> and I mean I'm a person who believes in I believe in miracles and I believe in you know in i mean i'm a very uh i am a very religious person so uh, i i i think it's that would be if if i i can picture uh you know god being like all right let's 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 teach a, little bit of a lesson here this is good i don't know uh it it uh I don't, it's an interesting thing it's an interesting experience experiment i think and uh, I I feel like this, like I said, I feel like this movie makes a lot of really bold choices because you have you have Marva, who's also a cynic, because she has believed in so many people before and mm-hmm. they've let her down, and th- and not only that, but they have blamed Boyd's uh in is his his condition or whatever on. Uh, on his, uh, like, that it's uh, psychosomatic, and that, uh, you know, that it's basically his fault, and uh, I don't know, so I think she's also interesting, too. There's, like, all these different sort of versions of, of cynicism and skepticism and stuff, and you have, like, a real miracle happen, and then how do people respond to it. And I, there are things that happen every day in this world that we cannot explain and that we don't understand. And, uh, and I'm not saying that God is behind all of those. That's for everyone to decide themselves. But I think it's an interesting thought experiment to say, here's something that all of these people with all these different levels of cynicism can explain. And let's, let's talk, you know, let's talk about it. I, I think where it might lose some people is some people might struggle with that being kind of an inspirational journey because of Jonas because it started as such a scam and I think they might struggle kind of with the ending I uh, that feel like I don't know I think some people might struggle with that ending
1: (laughs) see my, my take has always been um you know like I said I'm not I'm not particularly religious but I appreciate religion Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, think it's, there's a really popular opinion these days to be like, oh, you believe in an invisible person in the sky? That's dumb. Right. Um, which is, is, you know, that that's an easy thing to say. Like that it's, 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 it's easy to, um, to, to doubt such as that. Whereas, you know, who's to say who's right or wrong. Um, but faith and, and fellowship and, you know, community are all good things. Like they're all, yeah. you know, they, they bring people solace, um, so the the fact that you know, J- like you said, I think that's a really interesting point you brought up. Um, is that you know, Jonas is the non-believer in the room, and I actually hadn't thought about this. And I've seen the movie forty times. Uh, <laughs> Rachel and T yes. brought it up. It's like, Jonas is the cynic um, in the situation um, with boy. And- with, yeah, with 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 uh with boyd also, my mom my i uh, sorry my my wife jeez uh my wife refers to him as the was it the boy from witness like that's all she considers
2: yes that is correct <laughs> that is who that is correct she's like i just want to hug him <laughs> he's little boys
1: from witness
2: for me he is the boy from the lady in white
1: okay it's
2: a it's a very strange show and especially super strange that my parents let me watch it as a child Okay. Like,
1: I thought this was on. I assumed you guys were putting together a list of Hallmark movies that I need to check out.
2: Oh, oh well, we can, but
1: if, we can. if I if I can give you the homework of watching this seven times, then you can.
2: <laughs> I mean, the, the easy way would be like just watch the ones with Lisa Welchel and Matt Elrod.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, but but like I was saying, like you know, to take someone like me who uh, again does not have a religious background and you know, to, to watch this and, and to, to, to to feel from it. It's like, it's good, like, whether or not, you know, God exists, it's good that these people are coming together. It's good that they're sharing this community. It's good that they're, uh, you know, pulling for this young man to walk. Um, and, the, and the, you know, the fact that they're rewarded is, is very um, inspirational to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you know, people from different backgrounds might take different things from it. But like I said, last 10 minutes of this movie, I am a wreck.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it definitely draws you in for sure. And I mean, why do you think in the end, Jonas decides to leave?
1: I, I think he's overwhelmed, to be honest. I, I, I imagine being, thinking you're a fraud for however long they've been doing this. And you know, they've got like all the. I imagine it's quite some time. And then it's, how could you get up on that stage think and do, do what you do when you're faced with that, when you're faced with, you know, the fact that, um, it worked and there, is, there is a higher power. And, um, I, I would imagine it, it's just, uh, and, you know, at one point they're like, you know, are you in some kind of trouble? And he says, you know, maybe for the first time in my life, I'm not. So, you know, in some ways, maybe this is a clean slate for him. Maybe, um, you know, it's, I'd it, it, imagine it would, it would be overwhelming for, for someone like that to, to be faced with, um, Something like that. It's it's kind of like I believe there's the there's a kind of like the the urban legend of the the professor that um, you know challenges his students to prove that God exists, and if God exists, he will stop this egg from breaking, and he drops the egg, and it and you know it bounces off his foot, and then you know when you're faced with, with something like that, that that must be overwhelming.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Do you, Amber, do you think that Jonas will? go on to a clean life or what do you picture for him after this movie?
2: Well, so for me, the ending was kind of interesting. Cause I was trying to figure out why he was leaving and I probably would have better insight on the, you know, the 37 three watch. <laughs> um, but I, 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 found myself thinking that he was leaving because he wouldn't, he knew he would end up making the wrong choice if he stayed. Um, that's why he left like in the middle of the night, in my mind, because once he, you know, the miracle happened and I think it's easy to discount a miracle,
0: yeah. right?
2: Um, like you see something miraculous happen and you think that's, that's circumstance. Right. But I think the, the more impactful thing than seeing the real miracle was when he took the walk through the camp, right? And he saw the, the real applications of what he was doing. And, so, and he saw, you know, the goodness of all the people, you know, coming together as a community and providing food and the characters that we had seen throughout the show getting healed or seeking whatever they were seeking from him, finding something in each other. And I think in that moment, he was like – I think that's when he really changed. And so I think that's – he left so that he wouldn't go – and take the boy on the road and, and exploit the miracle. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, I feel like if he were to s- even just stay around with the rest of the crew, I don't think he would have the strength to not do it. Like, you know, yeah. like how alcoholics shouldn't go to bars. Or if you're recovering from drug addiction, you can't hang out with all of your friends who still do drugs. You have uh-huh. to, you know, find new and supportive environment. So I hope he
0: does. But yeah. Uh, I think that'd, <laughs> that'd be really, tough
1: that's a really good point amber
0: yeah i think uh he i i think the temptation will be strong and i wouldn't be surprised if he like i don't know if he it ends up being some variation on this but like very similar i don't know like a picture of like i don't know like selling cars but very <laughs> bombastically or something like that <laughs> like Step right up, kind of a thing. Uh, I don't know, doing something that uh, is very energetic, at least uh, you'd hope so. You'd hope that. Uh, I mean, I think you hope at the end of. I think you have hope at the end of Music Man, and you have hope at the end of this. I mean, that's the whole point of the movie. I think is yeah. that is 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 you know that there, even in the the you know the worst among us, there's hopefully some good. Uh, deep down inside. And uh, I mean, I I think that that was what they were trying to do with with Jonas's backstory of, you know, like an orphan and and all of that stuff, you know, kind of like whenever you can sort of walk in someone's shoes and understand the person that they, what made them the person that they are, like that can not help, but it's not that it excuses bad behavior, but it just helps you understand it at least a little bit. And I know, um, uh, my my grandfather was a very talented man in many ways, uh, but he could also be a very angry man. But I, I would try to remember that he had a extremely horrible childhood, and uh, and it did. If I could remember that, <laughs> it would help uh, to 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 deal with that. And I think that's why they kind of put that in, is mm-hmm. that? And he doesn't want to. He doesn't want Boyd to have a horrible childhood i think he genuinely does feel some connection with boyd uh and um i don't know so it's it's an interesting thing that they have so yeah, i i really appreciate you getting me to watch this movie uh because it's it's a thinking movie i think it's a very unusual movie and i i enjoyed watching it and thinking about it uh and uh anyway so i appreciate it and it we should note that uh that there was a musical based
1: oh, I'm on so mad at you guys
0: <laughs> <laughs> based on this movie uh written by ellen bacon and glenn slater the people who did tangled which is super exciting i mean ellen Macon's a legend and the, the lead ral esparza who is my favorite broadway star amazing and uh and it was a huge flop. It did terrible, but I'm hoping that this will maybe, cause it did get nominated for a Tony best musical. Uh, and I'm hoping that maybe this can have like a newsies thing, like, <laughs> like Alan Macon, you know, his, his, uh, his, his bad musicals like get revived and then they're great. So, uh, uh, cause I, I enjoyed it. Did you get to listen to the soundtrack at all or that video?
1: This is why I'm so mad at you. Um, like, I I'd said to my wife over the weekend, I'm like, man, they should make a, a Leap of Faith musical, because, <laughs> it, because I, one of my favorite things in the show, my, my wife is actually a church music director. Oh, um, cool. And, and every now and then I will sing, Are You Ready for a Miracle? to annoy her. Uh, <laughs> I, I have like a long list of things I do to annoy her, but that's one of my favorites. And I'm always <laughs> trying to get her to, to incorporate that into her, uh, you know, into, into her, her repertoire. And uh, so I was like, "Oh, that that'd be great." There's a musical. I mean, basically, it's music, man. So what's the point? And then right. you guys sent me the link that was like, "Check it out." And I was like, "The best." <laughs> I, I was I was so excited. I, I like you know, I kind of like cleared like my schedule because like I, like I said, I'm, I always have three or four things going on at a time. As far as like a laptop in my lap, the TV and a phone, blah blah blah. Because I'm, I'm always multitasking. But I'm like, I'm gonna sit and listen to this. And I didn't like it. And, yeah. <laughs> and there was no the Angel of Mercy songs were not in there.
0: Okay.
2: Like, yeah, I, I feel like that was a big mistake.
1: It's like not it's,
2: just use like the amazing soundtrack from the movie. Yeah,
1: it's like if you did School of Rock and didn't have Teacher's Pet in there, it was heartbreaking.
0: <laughs> they did a School of Rock musical. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but they they included it, right, Joel? Teacher's Pet okay. is there. Oh, mm. I was so sad. Uh, interesting yeah I didn't mind it I, I I thought it was I mean I only why well, I well, I've been listening to it and I quite enjoyed it uh but um but it's not like my favorite thing I've ever heard but I did enjoy it so did you listen to it then Amber at all or the soundtrack yeah yeah
2: but I feel like I had the same kind of problems with it that Gordon did because yeah. I was I mean Ready for a Miracle is just, like, super iconic and amazing. And to not have that in the musical is insane. Yeah. It was just, like, the craziest choice they could have made.
1: And there's a montage, they, they, a song that the Angels of Mercy sing over the montage where they're, you know, they're going around town, introducing themselves to people, they're building the tent and all this. Um, and I'm not going to try to sing it, but uh, I don't remember the title of it, but it's just, like, a really moving piece Uh and i I was like "Ooh, i can't wait to hear musical theater people sing this and then it didn't exist
0: oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) interesting yeah well i I guess alan menken has has his flops and this it only had 20 shows so it it was it's because
2: everybody went into the movie into the theater going oh you ready for a miracle (laughs) and then it didn't happen and they were mad
0: yeah Clearly, they,
1: they were ready for a miracle, and they did not. Get.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to hear Raul Esparza just be the most amazing singer ever, uh, his he's in a um, he was in a uh, version of Company, uh, Stephen Sondheim's Company. Oh, he was, it's just incredible. It's an incredible production, and his singing is just the best in my opinion. Was
1: he Bobby?
0: So, what's that?
1: Was he Bobby?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was Bobby. Okay. And his uh his his singing of being alive is just incredible. Out it's fantastic. And uh so yeah, it's an interesting little blip of this uh, of this movie so yeah alan makin there you go I feel uh, like the,
1: the listeners of this podcast are getting a wide variety of subjects from us yeah
0: they're so used to it we don't <laughs> ever talk about what we're supposed to <laughs> we do tend to go on tangents quite a bit but they seem to like it so hey uh so this was really fun i had a great time and anytime you want to suggest a movie for us to watch and talk about let's do it
1: Good deal. Yeah, yeah. this, a, this was, a, was a ton of fun. Like I said, like um, sometimes I just like fall down like the rabbit hole with some things, and this is yeah. kind of something that I was, you know, I was on the, on the train to work. And I'm like, I
0: have so much to say about this, and nobody say it. <laughs> Yay! Yes. Well, great. And we will make that list of Hallmark movies. All right. You want it to be just Christmas or or year round?
1: Um, I, you guys are the experts, so I, I yield to your. your <laughs> I
2: feel like most people find Christmas more palatable. Okay. Yeah. Right. especially for like the novice.
0: Okay. Right? Okay. No, this will be a good. So we'll make you a list of like um, five, five to seven.
1: Okay. And then
0: maybe we can do a second podcast where we talk
1: about All right. It. And then you fun. guys watch sleep of faith eight times each. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, great. Well, thanks again so much. so fun. And uh so where can people uh find you on social media and all those things, different things, fun stuff that you do?
1: Oh, sure. Um, so, you know, survivors right around the corner, uh, David versus Goliath. Um, the best way to find me tends to be on Twitter, Gordon Holmes, uh, G-O-R-D-O-N-H-O-L-M-E-S. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Gordon W. Holmes. Um, same spelling with the W right in the middle. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be having, uh, you know, we have episode recaps, exit interviews with the eliminated players on Thursday and power rankings with a yet-to-be-named Uh, cast member from Survivor Ghost Island that'll
0: be fun we'll have links for all that in the description section you can definitely check it out and Amber where can people find you as always I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter and that's it great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. Check that out and uh, make sure you're following the podcast the at Pod, on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, we're on all the places that you can listen to podcasts and on YouTube. Uh, if you can put in your reviews of the podcast on iTunes, really appreciate it because then more people get to find us. And so thank you very much. And Thanks so much, Gordon. We really appreciate you coming on.
1: Oh, thank you. This was a blast.
0: (laughs) It really was. So, and uh, we'll, we'll talk next time.
1: (laughs) Bye.